Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Speaking of Vegan, speakingofvegan.com. This is Anuj Shah, I'm your host as always, and we are here today with Patty Brightman. Patty Brightman is an author and activist, and actually we're going to dive right in, Patty, and let you tell your story. So uh, welcome. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. It's great to have you on Speaking of Vegan. So tell us about, uh, you know, I want to talk about your books. You, you've written a couple of really interesting books, but before that, why don't you share with us your journey? How did you come to be vegan and, and all that stuff? I was an editor in New York City, and I was editing health books. Books. And one of the books I edited was a very popular diet book in the 1980s called Fit for Life by Harvey and Marilyn Diamond. You edited that? I was the editor. So I'm going to stop you right there and tell you I'm doing a total editorial. I know this is your interview, but I got to tell you Fit for Life Part Two, Living Health, is the book that had me go vegan. And Fit for Life Part One is the book that had me go vegetarian. Wow, that's amazing. This is like a total spontaneous, this is great, <laughs> a spontaneous interview. And they're all spontaneous, but like really, this is actually, yeah, it was February 27th, 1989 at 2.35 or something in the morning. And I was reading uh, Living Health, and you know, right back in the middle, you probably remember, did you edit that book as no, well? No, I was already out of But you probably know about that book, it has a giant chapter called Animal Products. And after reading that chapter, right then and there, I made an instant decision to be vegan. Fantastic. It was amazing. So I interrupted you there, but I just there's thought it was no, so exciting. There's no bad reason to go vegan, and it's fabulous that a book made you go vegan, a book made me go vegan too, because when I moved to San Francisco from New York in 1986, having been a new vegan less than a year, Everyone I met said, why are you still eating eggs? Why are you still drinking milk? And I said, are you out of your mind? I just made a huge change. I became a vegetarian. I was like so proud of myself. And everyone told me to read John Robbins' Diet for New America. Everyone I met was saying, you have to read Diet for New America. So many people told me that I finally read it and overnight I went vegan. Okay, so I just gotta say, this is the funnest interview because you know what, we just met recently and it's really great to know about you and your stuff and this is very, it's almost eerie, but in a fun and good way. That's exactly what happened to me. So February 27th, 1989, I read Living Health, Fit for Life Part Two. I go instantly vegan, but for health reasons, and I didn't even know it was called vegan. And then two months later, I read Diet for New America in you know early May of 1989. And I went vegan for life, especially because of the ethical reasons and how the animals were treated. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Vegan. We're excited to be able to release a new show for you every few days, but if you have a hankering to keep in communication with us between episodes, and of course you do, you can stay connected with us through Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and our YouTube pages. Thank you again for your interest in making the world a kinder place, and until next time, we'll see you in the Twittersphere. The same trajectory. That's crazy. Patty. It was like a one-two kiss. Like this book, wow. this book. Yeah. No, wow. those books changed my same life forever. Path. Awesome. Well, keep talking. I just think it's awesome <laughs> we have the same path. But yeah, so you read that. So that book came out in 1987, though. I died for New America, I think. No, it had to be before '86 because I moved to San Francisco in '86, and everyone told me to read it. So okay. it had to come out in '85 or '86. Okay. I don't remember. Right. I, I don't it's know. It's been but, so long. But when but I got awesome, there, right? everyone told me to read it. So I read it and Great. became a vegan overnight. And then nice. I saw that John Robbins was speaking locally. Yes. And I be. I went and became his friend and worshiper. I just adored everything he said. And I, evidently, I became, eventually, I became his literary agent for some of his subsequent wow. books. Okay. And then a woman named Jennifer Raymond used to do cooking demos and run a group for vegetarians in Palo Alto, California, where I was living. And she turned me on to cooking. I never cooked in my life. I was a horrible cook. My family has very, now they're funny. At the time, they were pathetic stories about how bad a cook I was and the things I've ruined that other people would just raise their eyebrows at. But she gave me confidence to cook because I learned that vegan cooking can be so easy and so simple and so yeah. healthy and so Absolutely. delicious. So Jennifer Raymond turned me into a cook and then I started a group called the Marin Vegetarian Education Group. 
and did cooking demos and cooking classes and potlucks. And now we have 300 people on the mailing list and we have all kinds of events that we promote through meetup.com. That's really cool. I just want to say, by the way, well, from what you're saying, of course, you know, I, we have, it's fun that we have such a similar path. I never really became a cook, so I just want to say for people <laughs> listening, if you're listening for the first time or considering going vegan, I just want to say for the record, you don't have to be a cook to be vegan because I'm not a particular a professional cook. I'm not really that adept in the kitchen, but I've learned how to make a few staple dishes that I rotate around and, you know, vary up, and it's just awesome. So I just want to put that you out there. You certainly don't need to cook, but yeah. you need to know how to throw together a healthy meal. You never have to cook, but if you can open a can of beans and you yes. can buy pre-washed salad, yes. you're on the right track. Boil pasta, you're you know, on the right exactly, track. you're good, yeah. If you know how to eat greens and beans, you're good. Greens, beans, And beans can come yeah. in a can if you don't want to cook. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. So, yeah. yes, but I love cooking now because I've discovered very easy, simple, delicious things. And anyway, let's fast forward. Yes. 30 years. 30 years, wow. Okay, almost. Well, 28 years. Yeah. I've written a number of books now with Carol J. Adams, who's oh, well Oh, you've written with Carol Adams. I was her literary agent when I was agenting, and then I wanted to write a book and asked her to co-author with me. So, so we, you were her agent when she did The Sexual Politics of Me? No, okay. I, was, I was still an editor then, okay. editing books. I was her agent for Living Among Meat Eaters yes. and Help My Child Stop Eating Meat. Wow. Anyway, she became a good friend, and when I wanted to write a book, I said, it's too lonely to write a book alone. Write one with me. So we collaborated on a book called how to eat like a vegetarian, even if you never want to be one. And that book is great for anyone who doesn't cook because we have lots of no-cook ideas in it, but we also right. have lists, 10 things to do with chickpeas, 10 things to do with greens, 10 ways to eat more vegetables, 10 things to eat when you think there's nothing in the house. So we, we came up with lists of things to make That's it easy great. for people to go vegan. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy. And we have some recipes in the book, but it's mostly that easy, lists for ideas, because the reader is smart enough to figure it out if we give them ideas. Say the title again, and how can people get a hold of it? How to Eat Like a Vegetarian, Even If You Never Want to Be One, and that book is available everywhere online. Okay, great. Then a few years after that, we collaborated again on a book for people over 50. Because a lot of vegan activists said, don't bother converting people over 50. They're set in their ways. They won't change their mind. And even if they change to veganism, they don't have as much time to save animals as someone young. So concentrate on young people and forget about the over 50 crowd. Can, you t can I tell you, I just had that conversation this morning with someone. Did you it, really? Yeah, I mean, that was the conversation that, like, I guess the people you really want to target are the younger people because they have a much longer lifespan and they're more energetic. So it is a delight to hear you say that because that's a horribly ageist thing to say first of all the animals don't care how old you are if that's you're right. saving animal lives you can be 10 years old you can be 100 years old the animals don't care if you're not eating them they're grateful well and if you're 65 or 70 let's say and i'm not pointing at you i know you're much younger than that but um you know you can you prolong your life by five years 10 years 15 years 20 years whatever it is and you can really add to the quality of your life as well so it's i think it's really important to look at the over 50 crowd well the book i wrote with carol for people over 50 we brought in a registered dietitian who has a master's in public health a very well-known well-respected rd named virginia messina yes absolutely. and she has a wonderful blog called theveganrd.com the you need the the theveganrd.com she's brilliant we brought her in to do the nutritional side of the book, and the book is called Never Too Late to Go Vegan. That's great. And the subtitle is The Over 50 Guide to Adopting and Thriving on a Plant-Based Diet. Okay, and that's also available pretty much everywhere? Everywhere. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Vegan. If you or someone you know is vegan and would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to email us at info at speakingofvegan.com. Be sure to send along a brief description of yourself and why you'd be a great guest on our show. Again, that email is info at speakingofvegan.com, and you can also contact us through our website at www.speakingofvegan.com.
Well, let's talk about the book. So you said the first book, I mean, is, is there anything else you wanted to say about that? You said it makes it really easy. There's all kinds of lists on, you know, like I said, 10 ways to use chickpeas and 10 ways to do this and ingredients you should have. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the first book? Only that it's a great book to give to someone who's skeptical about how hard it is to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Because we use the word vegetarian, not vegan, so it doesn't scare people away. People yeah. who are not yet vegetarian are willing to look at that book and say, yes. oh, that looks easy. That looks fun. I can do that. Right. I can do that. So it's a good book, even though it's a vegan book, we use the word vegetarian in the title because nobody's scared away from it. Well, you know what occurs to me about that book too, Patty, is um, somebody who may not, like you said, like literally taking from the title, they may not want to be a vegetarian, but they have a family member who is. Their spouse, their partner, a parent, a child, whatever it is, is vegetarian. So they're like, you know what, I may not want to be a vegetarian, but let me at least learn how to cook this way for my loved one. Perfect. And we also, yeah. I also believe that there are too many labels in our life. To yeah. call yourself a vegetarian is just adding one more label. I don't care what you call yourself, just stop eating animals. That's right. But and it does, because we're already, you know, whatever religion we were raised in, and I we're know. a daughter, we're a sister, we're a mother, we're a friend, we're a this, we're that, politically and socially. We have all these right. labels, right. and they limit you when you label yourself. That's right. So I don't want to say I'm an anything. I just say, let's save animals, let's all go vegan. Yeah. I don't yeah. call myself a vegan. I just say, I live a vegan lifestyle. That's right. You live a vegan life. That's great. Absolutely. And just enjoy the wonderful foods that they're out there in the plant kingdom. And it's so much more than food. That's what I want yes. to impact. Veganism is a way of thinking and a way of being in the world that tries to minimize harm. So it's not just what you eat, it's how you treat people. It's how you meet the world. You meet the world with kindness and an attitude. Yes. You incline toward kindness. Compassion, your heart opens up. It's true, the transformation that happens. I mean, both of us did it so long ago. You even a few years earlier than I did, but you know, 27 years ago almost now for me. And I just remember the, uh, the transformation that I felt. Just in a few weeks' time, there was something that really shifted in my heart. And I had never been interested in being vegetarian so, or vegan. So anyway, I want to focus more on you, but let's, so about the second book then, talk about some of the main points you, you talk about in there, because again, it's really great you're mentioning this because I feel like most of the literature that's out there, at least most of the talks at conferences I go to, they either talk about veganism in general. A lot of times it seems like it is, uh, you know, more geared toward a younger type of audience or something. So very few people actually acknowledge the over 50 crowd. What are some things that are takeaways from that book that you want to leave us with? There are two things in the book that I think are unique to our book, and one of them is relevant to people of any age. And I've heard from people even here at Summerfest this year, 2015 Summerfest, I heard from somebody very young, probably in her 20s, that she loves the book, and I, we shouldn't say it's for people over 50 because it's great for everyone. And the part that I like best about the book is we have interviews with and chapters by other vegans who turned vegan after they were 50, and they talk about their experience and how they feel different after they came vegan. But what I think is unique to our book also, we talk about the social challenges to people going vegan. And it's harder when you're older because your friends are hard. It's harder to make friends when you're older. When right. you're young, you meet friends at work. You meet friends when your kids are in school. Right. Making friends is easier when you're younger. And people who have friends and turn vegan found themselves being disinvited to things. Right. The friends felt very uncomfortable. Like they, when, Even when they went out to restaurants every week, the friends would stop inviting the new vegans because they were embarrassed when the, when the vegans would say to the waiter, is that made with butter? Can I get this without cream? And we have... A few different places in the book, we teach people how to negotiate with friends so you don't lose your friendship. Right. We tell people to be upfront about it and tell their friends, I value your friendship. I want to continue to be friends with you. We can take care of ourselves. Please don't be uncomfortable. I know how to eat, and if we're going to your house, I'll bring something I can eat. You don't have to cook for me. If we're going to a restaurant, I'll take care of myself. I'll right. call ahead and make sure they have something for me. Please keep me in the social circle, even right. though I changed my way of eating. Well, that's wonderful because that really acknowledges that there is a situation that could arise for people. 
And, and I think that's really helpful for people. I think people can feel really supported by reading that kind of stuff. And I just want to say, you said, you know, uh, that people feel embarrassed. And I think that's almost in any age group. You know, a lot of times people, um, it's not even about the embarrassment, you know, embarrassment, but really the reality is more and more as information gets out there, here we are in 2015, people are starting to hear about what happens in slaughterhouses. And they're starting to see footage on YouTube and the behind the scenes. And, you know, the, they know these states are passing these ag-gag laws to try to suppress this information. And sometimes it pricks at their conscience so they don't want to go out to eat when they know that their friends who are now vegan are doing quote unquote the right thing but they don't want to be reminded of it so I think what you're doing is providing a real service for these people to have a way to continue to ex uh, continue their friendships and and really not be excluded and I think at that age not at that age but at a, the, the you know the, the more people get up in age I think the more isolated they may feel because you know sometimes they have friends who are starting to pass or maybe move or you know get ill and so I think the, uh, that factor is really important so I, I think that's a really important part of your book that brings me to another chapter in the book that I love that's about caretaking as a vegan because most of us as we age are going to find ourselves at some point or another having to take care of someone who's not well a parent a sibling a friend a spouse we're gonna we're gonna have to take care of somebody and that person may not share our values and when you're taking care of somebody Carol Adams had to see both of her parents her mother and her father through their final illness she had siblings helping her but she was responsible for cooking food and taking care of elderly parents who were not vegan mm -hmm. and the moral dilemmas that come up for a vegan when you're taking care of someone who raised you and someone you love and they want eggs for breakfast and you haven't eaten eggs in four decades because you've been a committed vegan what do you do and these people want their favorite foods and they're dying and are you going to deny them their favorite foods because it kills an animal it's a horrible dilemma and yet carol talks about how important it is to keep your heart open to the person who raised you and loved you or the person in your life who means something to you and how you have to be true to your veganism even though you might be compromising on what they want right. so you have to do what they want and yet you have to feel that your veganism is strong enough to see you through that so right. you prepare your own food for yourself but if your loved one wants something that's off your menu because of the cruelty involved, it's not the time to start lecturing them. It's not the time to start force feeding them vegan food. You have to honor with dignity the person whose life is ending. And yeah. it's a real, that's never been addressed in any other book. Well, and that sounds like a very complex topic, and it sounds like a really important chapter for people who get the book to really look at if they if and when, I guess, they get into that situation. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it sounds like something that really can come up for people. So you've got these two books that you've authored, and, and, and what uh, what else do you have on on, uh, on your, on your I was going to say your planning on my block, vegan plate. on your vegan plate, your vegan agenda? I helped found a not-for-profit for people who follow the Buddha's teachings okay. called Dharma Voices for Animals. And that is dharmavoicesforanimals.com is the website. And that's trying to bring a vegan ethic and a more... It's basically bringing awareness to the Dharma community. The Dharma is the Buddhist teachings. The Dharma community, we're bringing awareness to the Dharma community of the suffering of animals through our behaviors. Because a lot of Buddhists, even though the first precept of Buddhism is do no harm, take no life, don't take the breath from any other living being, so many people who call themselves Buddhists are not vegetarians, let alone vegans. Right. So we're trying to raise awareness in the Buddhist community about the first precept and how really it's a moral imperative to go vegan. That's really great. So you're not you're you're on that project. Are you looking at writing any other books or co-authoring anything with uh, Carol Adams in the future? I've learned to never say never because, right. and that gives me hope for other people to say I can never be vegan because my entire life is a series of what I'd never do. I was never going to move to California. I was never going to be a vegetarian. I was never going to be a vegan. I was never going to retire. I was never going to get married. Everything I said I'd never do is my life now, and it's a splendid life. I'm I'm thrilled with how it turned out. But I have learned to be very careful around the word never. 
So when I every time I finish a book, I say, I don't think I want to write another one, but I'm not saying I'll never write another right, one. You never know. You never you know. Never know. <laughs> Sounds like you got a book right in there. Well, I actually, Patty? I wrote a book before these two vegetarian books called How to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. Okay. And that's a really good book for anyone who, it's yeah. actually good for vegans because it's hard to say no thank exactly. you when someone's offering you food you don't want. That's right. That's exactly right. It's yeah. hard to say no thank you when your grandmother says, but I made it just for you. Oh, it just has a little bit of fish in it. It just has a little bit of mayonnaise in it. So that book is really helpful for everybody, but I think it's especially helpful for vegans. Well, it sounds like all the books you've written are so important and people can get so much out of them when they want to live, you know, any kind of compassionate lifestyle, certainly a vegan lifestyle, and that's really great. Well, Patty, why don't you tell us again as we wrap here, um, maybe uh, the way people can reach you or some resources. You mentioned a couple websites pretty quickly, but say them again so people can have them handy. Okay, Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A, dharmavoicesforanimals.com is one way. There is a website for how for Never Too Late to Go Vegan. They have a, there's a Facebook page for Never Too Late to Go Vegan. And they can just Google that, I guess, and Exactly, come up, Never right? Too Late to Go Vegan has a Facebook page, it has a website, and Dharma Voices for Animals has a website through which you can reach me. And I think that's it. Okay, and mention oh, oh, the Marin Vegetarian Education Group has a website. I was gonna say, yeah, go ahead. And that's Marin, Marin, marinveg.org marinveg.org and of course people can google all this stuff and they'll get your and this you're patty brightman b-r-e-i-t-m-a-n and patty with an i patty with an i so if people want to uh, check you out on google or whatever it is they can do that patty it's been a real pleasure to have you here thank you so much for all you're doing with all your writing and all your teachings and uh and we look forward to staying in touch with you thank you anoush all right thank you everybody for uh, tuning in to another edition of speaking of vegan until next time please open your hearts open your spirits open your minds and please go vegan Thank you for listening to Speaking of Vegan. Visit our website at www.speakingofvegan.com where you can access and download our show, view the vegan events calendar, and pick up some awesome Speaking of Vegan merchandise. Support the cause with the purchase of one of our brand new 100% cotton Speaking of Vegan t-shirts. There's a custom design on the front and back and we have both men's and women's sizes in six different colors. Again, that's www.speakingofvegan.com and just click on the store.